and welcome back to the Library Talks podcast, the Sutton Libraries podcast. And we've made it. This is the final episode of the third series of the Library Talks podcast. Uh, so do make sure you uh, go back and listen to the previous episodes if you're a new listener. And make sure to like and subscribe so you can find out uh, when the podcast will return. This week I was joined by a colleague, Santiago Ospina Taboda, who works as a customer service assistant uh, at Sutton Libraries. He previously worked as an operations assistant, as we'll hear a little bit about. So he's kind of got a unique uh, perspective about the library service and how it works, having seen it from two different perspectives. Um, so I was really pleased to to get him in for a chat. I actually went to him uh, to, to Worcester Park Library. Um, we sat upstairs and uh, recorded this conversation, which I really enjoyed. Uh, found some of his... Um, his perspectives on on working for the library is quite inspiring actually and um yeah really enjoyed hearing about his passion for for what it is that he does um i'll be back briefly at the end for some more information about uh, sutton steams ahead but until then this is my conversation with santiago customer service assistant from sutton libraries enjoy Me coming through as an operations assistant, I applied through the job center um, and I felt like I wanted um, a job where I was able to help people, um, not only um, through library services or anything, but just, I guess there was a passion of mine to help people overall, help the community. And then the job center, they referred me to this job as an operations assistant. Um, Kamal Marco got through to me and I had an interview with him literally on a couple of days later. Um, the interview was nerve wracking, I'll tell you that. Um, but then as soon as they said, right, thank you for the interview, we'll let you know on the same day. And then that's when I started panicking even more <laughs> <laughs> because um, they didn't really give me like a like two day break or anything. They just said, right, a couple of hours later, we'll let you know in an hour if you haven't received any news within an hour it means that you didn't get it but oh, then wow. <laughs> I received it I received the news in like 30 minutes they offered me the job as a kickstarter for six months as an operations assistant and and I'm actually quite grateful that um that I was offered the job and then I think a month later I started with Marco who was my line manager back then great person like I'm pretty sure everybody at the library knows who Marco yeah. is we should probably have him on the show at some point. <laughs> we should, we should, definitely. And um, with Marco, he taught me everything from um, events setting up, um, from even going down to, to the post room, um, making yourself available to others. Um, even if you only have two tasks to do during the day, it was always good to, one thing that I learned from Marco is to always like put yourself out there in a way. Um, even if it was just, checking the post, helping the people in the, in the delivery section, or maybe just setting up the rhyme time in the mornings for for the children or for adults as well. Marco always told me to always put myself out there um, and to not be like content with just two jobs. Maybe if I wanted to keep the job, which I definitely did, or if I wanted to progress into like, say for example, a CSA or any anywhere else, um, Marco always told me to put yourself out there and to get involved. Um, and that was something that I did. And Marco always showed, um, showed me 
to set up for the rhyme time also introduced me to an event called inclusive music um so inclusive music is a it's more of a musical project where we use like props instruments and everything to um um to people with learning difficulties and to be honest the first time i was very very scared to host an, an inclusive music um event slash project and bit by bit i started to gain so much love for them um so much love for 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 the people for the students there and to the point where marco entrusted with me with that like project and said right i'm going to let you take over it and you're going to run inclusive music on your own and for me that was like one of like the happiest moments because number one marco trusted me with one of um, his events or projects that he he that he decided to do and for me to do it it was like very I felt like honored and grateful in that moment. And then it just kept carrying on and carrying on with like the inclusive music. And then next thing you know, I started to get more involved in like, uh, you know, the Queen's Platinum Jubilee event. Yeah. Um, I was entrusted with like the Jubilee coins um, that Kelly, she told me to um, purchase um, some Platinum Jubilee coins to then help out in Cheam Cheam Park um, for the Jubilee event and it's just things bit by bit that I sort of like I said I put myself out there and next thing you know Kelly was trusting me with um, with purchasing um, some items for the Jubilee Marco trusted me with um, with inclusive music and um, with even setting up for other events um, it's like Postora UK or Dementia Cafe and and I just started to get more involved with cultural services. And I think my efforts and my, the discipline that I had, shall I say, to put myself out there and not take advantage of the job. I just really wanted to get myself out there and make myself known and to say, you know what, I'm ready for anything. Like I'm not just an operations assistant. I'm, I want to put myself out there and help each and every one of you, even if I don't know that much about maybe your role specifically, but I would like to learn. And bit by bit, I just started to gain more confidence and it was a, probably one of the best things ever. Was there an opportunity to continue in that role or was like was it a choice between that and transitioning I, into being a CSA or how, like, how did that come about? I think, well, after I finished the sixth month contract, um, I think Marco and Lucy, who used to be part of the a team back then, um, they were doing everything they can to, um, they were doing everything they could, sorry, to to keep me into the library slash cultural services or, so they were doing their very best to to keep me onto the job, um, either as an operations, operations assistant or maybe as like a, in another role. And I basically put myself out there. I started fighting for the positions and then I started applying, building up the knowledge that I needed to, to apply for the jobs. And then, after one interview that I, that I applied for, a job that I applied for, unfortunately I didn't get it, but then the CSA role came up and then that's when a few others decided to just bundle up and say, you have to go for this or you've got to go for this one because this is the right one for you. Mm. So then literally built my knowledge up, handed in my CV, a couple of days later, I got the, I got the interview had the interview and then I was in as a CSA and I was very happy, I was very pleased to be involved as a CSA. Um, to be 
because being in, in the library, not many people, people think a library is just being very quiet. You go in, you hand in a book, you borrow a book or whatever it is, and then you go. But the library is filled with like amazing people. The environment is very calm. Everyone's very respectful, very friendly. Everyone pushes you to to go after a certain opportunity that, that say if I was to talk to you about, I don't know, there's a job called like a, like for example, the library development officer. Um, there's, I, I'm pretty sure that you would push me to go for that job or I would push someone else. Everyone is very motivating. They mm -hmm. don't want to see you stay in one place. They really want you to develop your skills and just to elevate and become the best that you can be. And that's what the library is all about. And they're all about community, helping people. And that's something that I strive to do every day. So I really love the libraries there. So you, like you talked about that, wanting to help people and that being one of the reasons you wanted to come here. And I've heard that from other people. That was something for me as well. Um, has your perception of how you'd be helping people changed since you started the job? Is it what you kind of expected on that front? Um, I think it's more now. Um, I've realised that I thought helping people at the beginning is like, you know, when it comes to customer service, it's just, hello, how are you? This and that. I'll show you here. I'll show you there. But it's more to that. Um, as a CSA, you literally get involved in, for example, not just helping adults, but you're helping the little ones as well. So it's with the rhyme times and it's not just saying hello, singing a song. Like personally for me, I like to go above and beyond when it comes to helping out people. So when we have rhyme time, it's not just, I don't like to just stand there and say like, hello everyone, how are you today, all of this. So I like to use the props that I have, like the, the toys and trying to get involved with the kids mm -hmm. and you know either give give them some toys or play around with them like I want to make them feel safe not just with the parents as well but safe in the environment that we're that we're at because being in the library we're just open to to everything and anything um so I do it's kind of opened up my perception on a couple of things so yeah um I'm curious about rhyme time because I always like asking people um, one of my favourite questions to ask people in this job uh, what their thoughts are on rhyme time because the range of responses is so uh, diverse some people are sort of just the mention of the word they sort of this look of terror comes into their eyes and they just <laughs> can't there's nothing that they <laughs> enjoy doing less but some people uh, I suspect you're one of these people really relishes it and actually however you may have felt about it at first has come to really enjoy it so what, what's your take on it with rhyme time I'll, I'll be very honest with you when it came when I started as a CSA and then when I found out that I had to do rhyme time for the first time actually this was back in the days as an operations assistant mm. so when I found out I had to do rhyme time I literally I was petrified like even though it was just little kids the little kids weren't my problem. It was the adults. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, so is this person actually educating my 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 son or daughter very well with with these songs? Like, do they know their row 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 your boats or all of this? Or believe believe it or not, I I didn't even know some of the songs. I didn't even know what was it enunciate that song. I didn't. Or oh, enunciate, yeah. Yeah, and then then the sleeping bunnies. 
I, I didn't know the no, Stephen Bunnies. I had to learn those as well. Like, I don't think I don't think my mum ever sang Stephen Bunnies to me. She no. sang Row 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 Your Boat or <laughs> Incy Wincy Spider, but but they were new. They were new um, like songs that I had to learn. And then the first month, I was like, oh no, I don't want to do it. I was quite petrified, and I just I feel like that insecurity just came into me. And then after when I started to just do it and do it, I just I just became confident with rhyme time and to the point where. Um, because I'm here at Worcester Park and I've gotten a lot of compliments from parents saying that I do rhyme time really well. Um, I like to get up and get involved with the children, dance around with them. I, I guess the children give you life in a way. And as long as the children are dancing and they're jumping, especially to sleeping bunnies, then literally it gives you that, that urge to just jump and you know to, to carry on loving your job even more. And I feel like rhyme time, maybe some people say rhyme time, oh, no, this, 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 and that. But in my, my personal opinion, I like rhyme time, especially because it's a musical sort of event. Mm. And I like music. And where, where there's music, I'll be involved in there. So rhyme time is just, it's one of the top things that the library has. And mm. that's something that we need to take into account. So, yeah. yeah, absolutely. I think also, like you say, the... If, the, if there's a kind of enthusiastic response, it actually becomes very easy because you're playing off that. Yeah. Um, but no, I've always been quite impressed by how um, it's almost like much of an institution it is, you know, like people, <laughs> parents go, like they know which people do it where and when when it's happening and they have like their favourite libraries and their favourite people and it's like, seems to be quite a big part of the, yeah. of the schedule. Um, I feel like as well, where there's where there's enthusiasm, where there's passion, where, where, where there's passion, everything's just so much easier. Mm. So if you put passion in doing rhyme time or, or um, inclusive music, if you have that passion, it becomes so much easier and the community will get involved with you more mm. and they will start to like you because of the passion that you put in to... Because maybe so, like, there might be some CSAs that they may not like doing rhyme time. But as long as you have even, as long as you put that passion in for that moment, people are going to start taking you a bit more seriously and they'll actually be like, well, you know what? I love the way you run, run rhyme time. Like, it's really good. We want mm. to come here more. Yeah. And that's how you build, um, build like a, not like a fan base, but that's how you build like a, like a bigger community and parents start to get involved. Because it begins with like word of mouth. You, you'll see another mother saying, oh, you should come to the rhyme time here at Sutton Central. There's this person right here that does this, this really well and then more people start to come and that's how you gain like a, a bigger audience. Yeah, I always found it quite hard to kind of get into it and forget myself when there was like maybe less people there and they weren't as kind of enthusiastic but that's probably the time when you need to be the most, you know, yeah. enthusiastic and you kind of force people to come along with you, I suppose. Yeah, <laughs> it's like here on a Friday when we do rhyme time, um, we do it back to back, so 10 a.m. and 11 a.m. But we start at 9.30, and as soon as you open up, literally 30 minutes later, you just got to, you got to psych yourself in and be like, right, it's rhyme time. And it's like, you don't even get like a tiny little, not even an hour rest, it's literally 30 minutes later, it's like, right, I have to do rhyme time. And then you, sometimes you feel quite tired and you feel like all oh, like slopey and all of this stuff, but then you just, I guess you're, your mind, your mind just tells you, just put on a show for the kids. Like, 
make them happy. So something, give them something to remember for the, like for the rest of their lives. I say. So yeah. Uh, that aside, what kind of specifically what um, parts of the job are most rewarding to you, and sort of in terms of what you're getting out of it? I feel rhyme rhyme time is a is a rewarding job for me, but I also when I was an operations assistant with Marco, doing inclusive music was also a rewarding job for me. Um, it was difficult because um, it was it was difficult to to run as well because, like I said, it was um, an event for with people with learning difficulties. But it was the difficulty in that moment that made it so rewarding. And then I started to fall in love with what I was doing. And then it also made me push myself to to chase after like two 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 dreams that I have, which is number one, I would love to help people in mental health and also people with learning difficulties. Those are the two main things that I would love to specialize in. And I feel like inclusive music has brought back then when I was doing it, and I would love to do inclusive music again. Like if Marco was to offer me whilst I was there as a CSA in Sutton Central, I'd go up there straight away. Um, inclusive music brought a lot, a lot of love, like not only for me, but towards the students as well. And I gained a lot of warmth and love from the inclusive music students as well they all recognize me every time I go there and they they all end up hugging me which is very very nice because I never thought I, re I would receive um, from like any sort of event like receive the love that um, the students from inclusive music give me and even in rhyme time here there's there's a couple of kids um, that come up to me after the session and they end up giving me high fives they end up hugging me they want me to play with them. And I'd never thought I'd be in that position where a job that I will be doing will be rewarding in those, in those like little things. Like not being rewarded as in, right, we're going to promote you or we're going to raise your salary or whatever it is. But I feel like for me, the reward for me was just seeing the little kids happy and seeing the inclusive music students happy. I feel like that's rewarding for me. And that's something that I would love to take forward on. Um, and... Has your perception of libraries and kind of what they are and what they're for, I guess, um, changed much since starting this job? Um, I think ever since I started, libraries has always been about just one simple term, helping, helping people. And even up to today, library has always been about helping, getting more involved in a community, um, I'm very like I'm. I was very proud of the project that I was involved in with the Queen's Platinum Jubilee. Mm -hmm. That got a lot of people involved in Cheam Park, where we was to lighten a beacon. Um, that was an amazing thing that I was involved in. And then it's just all about community help, in um, getting um, people involved in the cultural services area. Um, like for example, at the Live Centre where we did. Also, the Queen's Platinum Jubilee, when we celebrated it, we hosted an event. Um, we got mothers, sons and daughters involved, including um, fathers as well. We also, um, we did Halloween events at the Live Center. We also, it's just always been about helping, helping the community. And that's something that 
I guess not many libraries take on, shall we say, because they might be about other things. Um, I don't know, some, some libraries could say we're just all about money, but then Sutton Libraries, it's genuinely about helping others and wanting the best for um, wanting the best for adults or even sons or daughters. And that's one thing that we, we stick by and, and go forward with. What advice would you have for anyone who's kind of thinking of trying to get into working in libraries, kind of to prepare them for what to expect? Advice? Come with a clear mind. And I would say to not come with any expectations, literally just to come with a clear mind and once you step into the libraries, as soon as, once you get offered the job, and then once you step in, learn. I feel like, be ready to listen, be ready to learn, and to not be one of those people where it's, oh, do you know how to use this? And then they say, yeah, 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 like just very, I don't know if it's either arrogant, like hard-headed or ignorant, I say. Like, to not be those type of people, to always come with a clear head and always be willing to learn, to learn more. Because the people that listen are the, the people that listen and that want to learn are the ones that strive forward more. And they're the ones that can take it on into, like, into like a new job opportunity. And once you're in the job, have fun. Honestly, because have fun. I know there's people, they say, oh, you can't really have fun at your job and all of this sort. You can't have fun because you're limiting yourself. So it's like, I could be downstairs as a CSA. You, you make your fun, shall you say. And, and, if you, and with your colleagues as well, you, you entertain them. But obviously there's a time and place for everything. But have fun at your job place. Like there's just nothing, there's nothing to lose. You can have fun at your job place. Have fun, be willing to learn, be open-minded. Um, have have that courage to strive forward. And if someone says, um, we would like you to be involved in this, go for it. Like that's, I think like that's what a, a person starting off as a CSA should do. And even if you've been there for like more than a year, carry on having that mindset to always put yourself out there because the reward will come. You don't know when, but your hard work will pay off and you will see the reward. Uh, you've you've kind of seen more of the service maybe than other people in the same role as you, given how you came into it. Is there any areas that you haven't really had experience with that you'd kind of like to either work in or work with closer than you have so far? Ooh, that's a that's <laughs> a very good question because back as an operations assistant, the jobs that I used to see with like Lucy or with Kelly or even with Olu or Kamal, Lindsay. <laughs> um, those five jobs that they had, I forgot what some of the, the, the job roles were called, but as I was looking at them back then, I always wanted to know what that job title consists of. Like, what is it that they, what is it that they do? And I kind of wanted to just say to them, here I am. I'm an operations assistant, but I would love to learn like what it is that you do. Some of those jobs, they do interest me and I would like to see what it's about. Just to, like I said, be open-minded, 
and just to see what what their job consists of because as much as a CSA it might not be as stressful but maybe looking at their jobs see how how stressful they get but trying to see from their perspective their point of view um I think maybe even also CSO CSO um CSO's role is quite quite up there as well so that's something I would like to check out too for anyone listening who doesn't know what that means it's basically the library manager for one or two branches yeah um, yeah I kind of I, when I was a CSA there was some people saying to me to, that I should try and become a CSO um, and there's parts of it that I can really see the appeal of um, mm. but at the same time it does seem there's a lot on your plate you know <laughs> yeah it's just I feel like as CSAs, when it comes to your emails, you'd only get probably like five emails a day. A CSO gets like 50 emails a yeah. day. And I'm like, do I really want to get 50 emails and a day? And is working in the library. Exactly. <laughs> so isn't sat at a desk all day. That's 50 emails a day when you're working. Mm. Now imagine if you go on annual leave for two weeks. That just triples. And then you have to come back and then you just see... 150, 200 emails and like, you just want to, nah, I can't do that. No, <laughs> no. The email bit is, I'm just, I guess I'm just the person that if I was a CSO, if I get an email, I'll reply to it straight away. I'll get, get the task done straight away. And then if, if I rack up 150 emails after annual leave, I'll just have to go through them one by one and see if I can get half of them done at least. But it's, it's crazy the amount of emails the CSO receives. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I want to talk now about your three book choices that you've come prepared with um, and yeah I just want to know a bit about what what they mean to you and why you've chosen them basically so what's your first first one well believe it or not I three books that will take to a desert island there's, there's a there's a story behind this this book um I'm very close with my mother and um, she always used to read this one book to me and I feel like even I think I don't know why it might have been because of me to be honest I told her to read this book to me at like age 13 or 14 it just it was just that that I just wanted to bring back the childhood moments and then the book that I would take is called Mr. Magnolia I don't know if you've heard it I haven't um, so it's it basically starts off saying Mr. Magnolia has only one boot. Right. That does actually ring a faint bell <laughs> somewhere. Yeah. And then literally he spends days or hours trying to find the other, the other pair of his boots. And then he doesn't end up finding one for like two days. But then towards the end, he finds a boot. It's just not the right match. So he finds an odd pair, but then he still wears it. And he's happy just because he has another boot. But I feel like for me, that book, it's, it holds a special place in my heart because if I was to read that book, don't get me wrong, it's just cartoons and everything, but it's the memories that I have of that book with my mom that it would just bring joy and peace to me. So that's one of them. Another book is called Good Vibes, Good Life. I don't know if you heard that book 
I haven't. Um, it's more of a mental health and well-being book. It uh, teaches you how to relax your body on certain situations. Um, one thing I've learned lately is that for s- lately I've been getting I've been getting quite stressed with a couple of things and anxious. But one thing I've also learned is when talking to someone. So for me, I speak to my mum about certain things and even reading Good Vice, Good Life. Um, it's just the simple breathing in and out, taking deep breaths. And with me, I tend to zone out and I tend to put headphones over my ears and mm-hmm. listen to music and I tend to block out the world around me or just people who want to gain access to me. And with Good Vibes, Good Life as well, I, I sit down and read that book because it gives me like a breath, a breath of fresh air and I'm able to take my deep breaths. And once I've taken the deep breaths that I need to, I'm able to take off my headphones and I'm able to continue with the task or I'm able to continue with my daily, daily routine. I recommend Good Vibes, Good Life to anyone who who feels like they're in a in a tough area, not only physically, but mentally as well. Because the book lifts you up in many, many ways. I think Good Vibes, Good Life is a it's a book that you would definitely be able to read when you're stressed out, anxious, and even if you've, you've fallen in depression. Um, gives you freedom, should I say. Is it something you can like return to frequently and like just go into specific bits or pull yeah. things out rather you, than read it sort of through? Yeah, it's not just a one-time book that you can just say, right, I'll see how it is and then just give like, your review about it and then you know what send it back off to library branch or put it on like the back of a shelf it's a book that you can go back to um three months later four months later it's a book that you can read on a plane i know some people are very scared when they go on planes but if you read that book it relaxes your mind it really does um on the train on the bus anywhere to be honest i think i'm probably one of those people that would read a book if I'm in like a waiting for someone at a, at a bar, I think I'd rather read a book there than maybe <laughs> drink like I don't know like a, like a coke or something. I think I think I'll sit down and reading Good Vibes with Good Life because it also teaches you like the surroundings that you're meant to have, and when you're surrounded by healthy people and you're in a healthy environment, it helps you and it liberates you a bit more inside. So yeah. Uh, and what's your final choice? My final choice, this one, I think this one tops the two, the two books that I named. Um, for me, I, I grew up in a household where my mom, my, my dad, my stepdad, all of them, my family are all religious, so they're, they're Christians. Um, and They've, as the years went by, me growing up, my mum has, um, oh wow, um, I know how to say it in, in, in Spanish. In Spanish, the word is inculcar. I think it's instructed. 
instructed, that's the word. Um, my parents have instructed me with the Bible and just told me this is where this is where your refuge comes from. This is where your peace should come from. This is where you can look into if you're feeling this, 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 this or that. And well, the book that I would take is the Bible. It's a big one. It's a big one. I'm surprised we haven't had it so far already. The book that I would definitely take is the Bible. I feel like in the Bible, it teaches you there's a lot of famous people, well-known people in there that teaches you if you're, if you feel like your faith is down, there's a specific person in the Bible that teaches you about faith. And then that's when you can resonate or you can relate to. There's a person that teaches you about depression. There's a person that teaches you that there will be hard times, especially when you're trapped in a desert island. Um, <laughs> like if you're, if you're just stranded there in a desert island, but, and that could be a tough time for you. I mean, to be honest, it has its pros and cons. A desert island, I think I'd enjoy my freedom because there'd be no one there to like. Oh yeah, I'd like that part, yeah. <laughs> no one will be there to annoy you or, or whatever. But then I think like after a week, you'll, you'll go crazy. And then that's when you look into the Bible and then it brings peace. It's just one thing that the Bible teaches you is peace and it guides you in the right path. And it simply shows you that there is a time and a place for everything. And as, as a Christian, we believe that everything that's happening in the world nowadays, the Bible has already, it's already written in the Bible. But, but for me, I tend to just, as Christians, people, Christian people say, you only, the way I see it, it's, I've seen Christians that they only read the Bible when, when things are bad. Mm -hmm. And I think that shouldn't be the case. I feel like, yes, you should read the Bible. You should seek guidance in your bad days, but you should also do it on your good days. Not only when you feel like, oh, you're in debt, or not only when you feel like, oh, you don't feel happy or you feel depressed or you feel anxious i know there's moments there where you don't want to read it mm. in your bad times but then also once let's say god has given you what you've desired and what you've wanted that doesn't mean that you forget mm -hmm. what that means you shouldn't forget who's giving you your happiness again or who's taking you out of the debt like if i feel like it's always good to not only search him in the bad times but search him in the good times Mm -hmm. And I feel like the Bible is something that I will personally take myself. And it's, it's something that my parents have instructed me with. Like, I see my stepdad takes the Bible everywhere he goes. Doesn't take any, any other book. But, I mean, my stepdad loves to read. Like, he really does. Um, my mum and my stepdad, they love to read this, this book. Actually, it's this author called Gabriel Garcia Marquez. Um, an amazing author. And... They're really massive fans, really massive fans. And one day I will give them the privilege of actually meeting this person <laughs> because they have a whole shelf just like, what's that word? They have a whole, dedicated mm -hmm. to Gabriel Garcia Marquez. And one day that dream will come true for them. But the Bible is my last book. And not only the three books that I've chosen, it not only goes from a childhood memory that will always remind me of my mum but it will also go to a religious point of view as well, where I can find 
peace and stability in a book and then good vibes, good life, I can also find peace and stability in a book. It feels like an all around type of one. I think you're going to do fine on the desert island. I think so. I mean, <laughs> I think I would. I mean, like I said, I'll be happy in the desert island for a week when no one will literally be shouting your name or whatever it is, or did you do this? Did you do that? Or hide this and that. I feel like having, being on the desert island has its pros and cons. I'm pretty sure me and you, we love our peace and quiet. Mm -hmm. Like we love our, our alone time together where we can just, people say it nowadays where you can just vibe alone. Mm -hmm. And I like to vibe alone sometimes. I like to, I like to go out on my own and I like to, go out to central London or I like to go for a walk in a park or whatever it is or play football on my own. I like to do things on my own sometimes because I get to gather my thoughts again. I, I really don't care what people think. If they, if they see me talking to myself, I'd be like, oh, that's a, that's a nice pair of clothes or that's a nice pair of shoes. I really don't care because <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just vibing with myself and I feel like self-love, self self-company is the best thing first because it's like... I've heard someone say, what was it? Um, you won't know how to love others if you don't know how to love yourself. Mm -hmm. And that's something that I'm trying to master nowadays. I need to learn how to love myself and enjoy myself company to then be able to love others. So, yeah. I think that's a pretty good place to leave it. Yeah, so definitely. So thank you for joining us <laughs> You're on the welcome. Show. Thank you for having me. Inculcate. Inculcate. <laughs> That's the. I, I've, I've always like in, in Spanish. I've always said it to my mom. I was. I literally said, inculcar, 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 and then I said it to all my other Spanish friends. And I think I've said it to people here in in Sutton Libraries, inculcar, and then they look at me like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But then it's like, what is he on about? But it's inculcate. In, inculcate. <laughs> Finally, now I know the word. Now I know the word. Huge thank you to Santiago for appearing on the podcast. Really enjoyed that conversation and I hope you did as well. So there we have it. That is the end of this series of the Library Talks podcast, um, which is brought to you as part of the Sutton Steams Ahead program. We still have a whole host of really exciting events um, coming up to explore the relationship between art and science as part of Sutton Steams Ahead, uh, including the Steam Fair, the Street Fair on the 1st of July. Um, you can still watch the short film We Dance for Life on Sutton Library's Twitter and Facebook. Um, and just check out our Eventbrite page for the whole host of events that you can attend um, over the next few months. And make sure you're checking our social media channels, Sutton Libraries on Instagram and Twitter and Sutton Libraries London on Facebook. Uh, thank you for listening to this series uh, as ever and uh, hopefully we'll see you again very soon. <laughs>